back to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. back on the block even after sipping thirsty thursday we still feeling good right here and we thank you for feeling good with us and enjoying this time that we love to have with you while we're on the block for this four to six hour segment through the day central standard time it's the second half of that segment we have a few more left another half an hour or so but listen box something popped up to me man that i'm um you know i just want to throw out there because I think it can be pretty significant when we really look at it. And so we thank you for staying tuned in. Uh, we thank you for our continued support of the Mercado certified by certified PMITs as well as Sardar Heyman and, 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 and the love that they give us there. It allows you to text in, call in. Did we get some texts and calls in or anything uh, on that last segment that we had before we, we get started on this next part that I have? Yeah, well, somebody says the Bach, Bach, the fact that you want to see Crate in the Final Four means you are a Jasker. So I guess maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm a Jasker, but I, I still I still bleed Husker red. I'll still cheer for Nebraska more than anything. It's just the tournament. I like some Nebraska representation. That's all. I'm sorry. Uh, also, uh, Thunder <laughs> off the text line says, uh, "Have you guys talked about Casey Rogers transferring when he was seemingly in line to start? Is it something to worry about, or you think he was following uh, Tony Tuioti out to Oregon?" Um, so maybe we can hit on that real we quick. Did. Yeah, we did. We yeah, talked about we it. Did. We didn't specifically say Casey Rogers. It's interesting. He followed Tuioti though. Now that Oregon's got two of your defensive linemen. Um, I don't know if that says more uh, about NIL or, or maybe that's a good, you know, throwback for, for traditional college football fans that there's still relationships maybe mean something yeah. still in, in this whole thing. It does. Listen, you have a new, listen, you have a new guy that comes in. You've been taught, trained. Uh, coached up in a certain way. You have an establishment of a relationship with how somebody views you. You kind of, you know, you're going to be the guy, but you're kind of, you know, you may be, that's the thing we can't see. You could be looking around the room and you can see that maybe they're trying to replace you, or you can see that in the spring game, there was no help. And you know, Better than anything. And then, listen, everything Stricky's saying right now is all speculation. None of this has been spoken to by Casey Rogers. None of this we've talked to a coach about. None of this we've talked to Tuiotia about. None of this is – this is just all speculation and just basically taking what has happened and putting some pieces together for p- potential understanding. But at the end of the day, you could be looking around the room and you understand better than most because you've been there now. You've seen it as a, you know, a helper, a rotation guy, a guy kind of waiting in the wings of what Big Ten football is all about. You see that that room, you look around that room and it's like you see that every time you step up, it's a rotation of like, my goodness, you're. I know what that's like when you when people are injured and you're freaking always on the freaking court, especially in a two a day session. Yeah, that part is not fun. So you're watching all of these things happen, and then at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? Tuioti's my guy. I know he liked me. I know I'm next up. You know, Oregon's kind of down right now. Let me go out there and see what it you know make take change of pace. 
I've been here. I know what this looks like, but I don't like what it looks like. That's possibly how it, yeah. it could have went down. And and you want to go where someone knows you, right? This coach don't know you. They don't know the work that you put in the time, and they're looking to replace you. I mean, they're in every possible <laughs> way. They're they're in that transfer portal. They're looking. They're on the hunt. They're trying to find somebody. So those are some of the things that could possibly have somebody to kind of dip out. And then you're seeing the money, the bag, as we talked about, you spoke about as they're being offered out there UIL money and opportunities. And you're sitting there like, wow, what? I've been here. I mean, you, I, you can't touch me. There's uh, some of those things can happen. Well, and I think, too, with like USC, I mean, he had some other finalists in there as well. And those schools can say, um, you know, based on your tape, we like what we saw. We think we can plug you in as a starter if, if everything kind of works out and you show the same, you know, this or that. With Tony Tuioti, it's like I, I literally worked with you. I know who you are. As you know, I, I maybe he doesn't know the new players, so you know his Oregon players as much. Only right. had a spring with them, but you know if he if he tells Casey, hey, you know I've had a spring with these guys, I've worked with you, I know that you can be a starter. Like you believe him. It's not like you know, right. it, it's not just like we project you to be this. It's like I've I've worked right. with you. You're right in line here. So you know that might have been yeah. something that, that kind of factored in. Also, Jordan Riley, maybe a friendship on the team. You know, some familiarity there uh, might have helped as well. There, there's no question. And that's how I see some of this stuff kind of working itself out. Again, as we've talked on the show also is a lot of people are saying that it's the coaches, it's the boosters. It's they're just basically the back end work of making a lot of this stuff happen. A lot of this stuff transpire because at the end of the day, it's really the players it's player to player conversations. It's a player being lined up with a player. And then it's the back end stuff that's lying in wait ready for when the player is ready to, to make a move. So I, I E, you know, top wide receiver out there in Addison. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of speculation that he, you know, he may jump with the snake <laughs> and I only <laughs> say that not because I think he's a snake, but, but that's just what people are saying that Lincoln Riley's a snake, you know, <laughs> yeah. dipping out on him the way that he did. I'm, I'm only just saying what the people say. I'm not I'm not saying he's a snake. I think he's doing what anybody would do, you know. Listen, let's be real. We're going to be real on the block. There are people out there right now that just say just this this hypothetical. You work for Mutual of Omaha and Pinnacle Bank Arena, you you're you're the finest guy for Mutual of Omaha, but Pinnacle Bank Arena has a VP position that's opening up. You're making about you know, 500 at, as, as the VP there. But Pinnacle Bank is like, look, you know, we want you to run this whole region. We're going to touch you up right now. We're going to give you about 1.5 to 2 million in bonuses. You come over here to Pinnacle Bank. No, we're just going to keep this on the hush. That's between us, you know, but we'll deal with it when the time comes, when you become free. But we need you to kind of drop what you're doing over there at Mutual of Omaha. In those conversations, anybody and everybody on this line listening, or if you're on YouTube, Twitch or Spotify right now, y'all know doggone well that y'all would be looking for an exit strategy to bounce up out of there in a heartbeat to go take that opportunity. Especially if Mutual of Omaha is not saying, well, you know what, uh, you know, we like what you're doing here and you know, we think we're going to give you a little raise and y'all would yeah. be on the first thing smoking down the street to Pinnacle Bank Arena. Let's be real. 
Well, and especially, I mean, you, you you factor in the the move to the SEC, the just kind of unstable, right. awkward ground that they're on the next couple of years. They're going to play in the Big 12. I don't know how to, you know, incorporate that to your, <laughs> maybe your boss is about to retire or something, I suppose, uh, in the Mutual of Omaha or whatever uh, correlation. But, um, yeah, it's a... Uh, and then the other thing that just like is is pretty obvious, right? Is he, he's living on a beach now. I mean, you can throw a rock and not, hit five star recruits. Uh, you know, there's a lot one, of advantages. Not there. one house, but two. Yeah. And private jet usage whenever he wants. Stop it! Everybody in here, everybody mad. Oklahoma fans, listen. Stop it! Y'all know y'all would be the first ones on that thing smoking if the opportunity presented itself like that. So that I'm gonna leave that alone. But hey, we're talking about OU, right? Yeah. OU just landed a bag by signing a new deal with ESPN Plus to do at least one of their games, but to do a lot of their other content. So you know, obviously, the deal that they had when they first came into the Big Twelve is now over. And they just landed a big deal. ESPN will broadcast more than 100 live sports events and uh, uh, for OU, including one football game each season. And it will air the Sooner Spring game, as well as 25 men's and women's basketball games on the platform, as well as studio shows and archive content uh, in a subscription basis. So there's some money out there that uh, basically OU saying we jumping in the UIL movement, too. Yeah, it's fascinating because you know this is this is the equivalent to the Big Ten Network for them, right? This is this is the network problem um, that they've had being in the Big Twelve, where the Longhorns had the Longhorn Network and pretty much you know overshadowed every, anything, any reason to have a Big Twelve network. Um, so they never got one, and Oklahoma was really the brand name that's left out of all of that, and they're upset about you know they still have a, they have a pay per view games, they have pay per view games that they have to go and pay for um, on their own every year. It's very strange now. It's, it's you know it's against a lower level competition, but that's what this is going to do is is kind of have uh, the Sooners have their own little network. It's ESPN Plus, so it's just a, a part of that. But you know, you think about the struggle that it would be, um, especially knowing basically Nebraska as Nebraska basketball fans, we know. Uh, if a game's not picked up nationally, which they rarely are, but in any case, they'll be on BTN. We can we can watch every Nebraska basketball game. I don't know what it'd be like to be a Sooners fan. He's still listening to the radio and stuff for for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, you know, it, it's it's quite crazy. But finally, they they can match this network here, similar to kind of like the Longhorn Network, and and uh, really, it's it's kind of opens the eyes because this has been something that maybe should have been happening all along. Maybe it's because Oklahoma, it's been long, you know, rumored the SEC and, and, and the ESPN, um, their deal kind of slants coverage toward the SEC. Now that Oklahoma's going to the SEC and, you know, the Big 12 deal uh, with Fox and all that is, 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 you know, maybe it's ESPN and, you know, taking care of the new SEC member before, um, obviously, the, mm-hmm. the transition happens it in 2025. Out. But uh, that's mm-hmm. how I'm reading it. Yeah, but another thing that I found pretty interesting out there, Boxster, is um, – <laughs> these small colleges. Now, listen, let's be real. Wichita State has been one of those Cinderella type of programs that, you know, they were kind of on the verge of breaking through like Gonzaga. Uh, you know, they're, they're, I think they kind of fit in that mode of like Xavier, you know what I'm saying, who every now and then has just these nice breakout seasons. But Wichita State was really kind of a tough out. They would make runs, you know, obviously um, Van Vliet came from there and just guys that, 
they were able to get down to Wichita State in the way that they were able to do it. But we find that the Wichita AD uh, on the wire has just now been fired. And potentially the reason for that firing is that he was not able to compete or delve into the space of NIL in a manner that made them to be able to be at a high level of competition in, in the way that some of the other schools have been able to do so. How, how do you, how do you view that? Or do you think that's kind of just kind of a, an outlier or do you think that's something that's uh, the next steps on what these smaller colleges are going to be facing? Well, it's interesting. It's not, it's like you said, it's not the Wichita state that we knew with Greg Marshall, all those years having them compete, but they, they want to be on that level again. And uh, it looks like Darren Boatwright was his name. Um, he, he just was not on the forefront of, of getting this stuff moved. I mean, they didn't have uh, in, they didn't, they were not raising funds for NIL. Their basketball team lost eight scholarship players in the NCAA uh, transfer portal. So, I mean, that's something that's uh, obviously it's, it's, it's being used against them. It's hurting them. And then they go out and watch a guy like, again, it's, it's, you know, I hate to bring up the Creighton name again, but you know, that's a, that's a probably a school. I know Creighton moved, away from, um, you know, the Missouri Valley and into the Big East. But that's a school that Wichita State at one time saw themselves on par with. And, and there's rumors out there that the baylor Shilman deal wasn't all about coming home. Maybe there was a, a big bag there waiting for him as well. So, you know, some of these other smaller schools are, are have taken advantage of this and are moving their program forward. And Wichita State is um, – it. it it, I mean, I think this is just one of those examples of, of you know, um, not being ready for this move and, and staying stuck in the past. Or, you know, maybe maybe it was ethics that he wanted to stick behind. I'm not sure, but they didn't really uh, raise the money. And so they've been left behind and their basketball team is now a mess. And that's kind of, you know, what they uh, what they, they got a pretty good baseball program. But that, that's kind of what yeah. they kind of yeah, stand on. It's always been good. Their baseball program yeah. has always been good, and especially for a team or for a university that doesn't have a significant football program. Right. They've been able to kind of compete and hang in there and, and do some wonderful things and make some runs in the tournament at times oh, yeah. when they were able to get some talent down there. But I think, the, the like you're saying, they've been affected by the transfer portal, and probably NIL has, has been something that has been a detriment to the fall of their program. And how where it goes from here, nobody knows. But unfortunately, we're up against it. we got to take a break. We'll come back hitting the hardwood with Strick, finish out this segment, talk a little bit about whether you think, hit us on the side of him in the text line at 402-464-5685. Do you think Eric Suspolstra, Eric Spolstra, <laughs> I, I want to pronounce the S, but it's Spolstra, right? Yeah. Eric Spolstra is one of the top three NBA coaches. No, not all time, but right now. Does he fit in that mold based on what he's doing down there with Miami? We'll come back. We'll talk about that right after this on Hitting the Hardwood. Peace. 